532 on Sports Talk. Pleased to have here in studio an Illini legend, an honored jersey of Tal Brody. He played with the Illini from 1963 to 1965, was a first-team All-American by Helms, a first-team All-Big Ten selection in 1965, and scored 1,121 points in his U of I career that ranks 40th on the school's all-time scoring list and did this over three years. You want to make me sure he is here to host a screening of On the Map. It is a documentary that tells the against-all-odds story of Maccabi Tel Aviv's 1977 European Championship, which captured the heart of a nation amid the domestic turmoil of the Cold War. Here's an excerpt of the trailer for On the Map. Basketball was the number one topic in Israel. When I got there, I was really surprised because inside me, I realized that we had a chance to do something. Maccabi Tel Aviv playing for the European Cup Championship? Are you kidding me? Who are these guys? Red Army Moscow had all of the great players from the national team. Maccabi carried the hopes of a nation. There was no reason to expect Maccabi could beat Red Army Moscow. But they did, and the screening will be Wednesday, November 7th. That's uh, tomorrow. The viewing at 5.30 at the Colonnades Club at Memorial Stadium, and a Q&A with Tal after that starting at 7 o'clock. Tal, welcome to our studios. Thanks for being here. Uh, thank you very much. After 21, uh, 21 hours on the road from Tel Aviv <laughs> to Newark, to Chicago, to here. I'm happy to be here. When was the last time you were back in Champaign? For the shirt hanging ceremony. Wow, so. It was a couple years ago. A very thrilling event, very honorable, uh, full house. The game was against Wisconsin. And uh, yeah, it was a beautiful uh, event. And uh, being in the, at that time, the assembly hall, now I'm going to see the State Farm. And gee, it's, it's great to be back. I saw Dave Downey. I saw some of uh, uh, my friends and fraternity brothers when I went to school here and to see the team. And I'll be very happy to, be, to see the team against Evansville, Evansville on the, uh, Thursday. The title of this on the map comes from what you said after you won this European Cup championship, referring to Israel. We are on the map and we will stay on the map, not only in sports, but in everything. This has become a, a rallying cry for Israel. Did you realize what you had done when you said that? Well, it was uh, it was right timing was at the period of time after the 73 war, the Yom Kippur War. We lost over 2,600 soldiers, another 4,000 wounded, the countries in mourning, up to 1977. And as we go along in the European Championship, the Soviet Union, who refused to play us for seven years because they were basically the military advisors against all the uh, Arabic armies around us that are wanted to throw us into the sea, decided they're going to play us. Why did they decide? Because they beat the American, <coughs> the American team in 72 in the Munich Olympics. So Sergei Belov, who I, meet, uh, who I met, he passed away uh, practically every year at the NBA All-Star Weekend, he said that they convinced the, uh, the Soviet government if they beat the American team, you remember that game three times they took the yeah. ball back until they beat the, you yeah, know, they won the game. Uh, extending Alex the game. Yes, Alexander Belov made the last shot at the last second. 
But anyway, they said, okay, they told the government there that they beat the, the United States team. How could they think even that they could lose to an Israeli team? So that game was so monumental for Israel. It, and at that period of time when the country was suffering from a mourning period of three, four years, and all of a sudden by beating the Soviet Union. Now, taking the Soviet, when I say Soviet Union, you're taking that 66 European basketball players that are playing in the NBA today. Croatia, Serbia, Russia itself, Slovenia, the Ukraine, all those guys were divided up between 22 satellite countries of the Soviet Union that they brought to play with the Russian army team, the best of all those countries. And here you're coming up against Israel. How'd you do and, it? it? Let me tell you, they, they made a mistake because they, their biggest mistake was that the, because the Soviet government didn't want anybody to take notice of this game. They chose a small gymnasium in Virton in Belgium that nobody knew where this place was. And they said, okay, nobody will know about this game. In case you lose, that uh, it's going to go over. Nobody will know about it. They won't lose face. And in a small gymnasium, they didn't think people are going to be coming from Israel. We had 498 people cheering for us, and only two KGB agents were cheering <laughs> for the Russian team. <laughs> Come on. And so how could we lose? So we won 91-79, and everybody just crashed onto the floor. And out of that excitement, that's when it came out that we are on the map. We're staying on the map, not only in sport, but everything. You came from Israel in the beginning, but you came to Illinois from Trenton, New Jersey. How did you wind up in Trenton? Well, at that time, it wasn't official that the universities had like different scouts all over the U.S. And so one of the scouts apparently from New York uh, told uh, Howie Braun and Harry Combs at that time, there was a guy in Trenton Central High School that they won the New Jersey championship 24-0. and And he's an Eastern guard, which we think you need to fit in with Bogey Redmond, Skip Thorine. Need somebody to take Colangelo's place. And Colangelo was a senior playing with four juniors. Mm -hmm. And at that time, we weren't allowed as freshmen to play. But Mm -hmm. we... Every practice was we were Michigan, we were uh, Michigan State or Ohio or Indiana, the other team. And I was practicing against Jerry and learning from him. You know, Jerry was an unbelievable also guard. And when he graduated, I came in and started with four uh, seniors. And that's when we were number three or four in the nation. We won the Big Ten Championship. We won the Kentucky Invitational. And I see I saw Pat Rowley when he, when he came to Israel. Uh, when Bloomberg received the Genesis, Genesis Prize, the uh, Mayor Bloomberg. And he remembers that game up to today. That First we, time they ever Illinois, lost the tournament, huh? Yeah, they, Adolf Rupp was uh, so angry. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and then we went on to play Rod Thorne, and, uh, uh, that took Jerry West's place with West Virginia. And we went on to win the Holiday Festival in New York. And that was a great year for the University of Illinois. Tal Brody is here with us. He's going to be here this week. The screening of On the Map is tomorrow night at the Colonnades Club, and this is a free event, right? Uh, yeah, you can just park at the State Farm Center and go on over to Memorial Stadium up to the Colonnades Club and watch this at 5.30, and then you'll do a Q&A. Uh, I, you were just telling this story and just watching you. I mean, this is a story you've told a few times now, but you have this enthusiasm like you're telling it for the first time. You know, it's unbelievable because it's a team from 77, but the impact that it had up to today on Israel in encouraging other sportsmen. We just had uh, two judo gold medals in Abu Dhabi 
the first time that Israel's national anthem was played there, and you're allowed to play with the Israeli Magen um, David on the shirt. We were uh, our windsurfers. We had the, we're in the Olympics, and it's unbelievable that in everything that developed, whether it's medicine or technology, that developed with the same spirit that, okay, we're a small country, but we contribute to the world, and we can do it not only in basketball. We can do it in other sports or other fields as well. Maccabi has had such a great Illini connection over the years, starting with you. You could have gone to play in the NBA. You were drafted by the Baltimore Bullets, right, when they were back in Baltimore. You Washington said, Wizards stuff today. Yeah, yeah, and you said, no thanks, I'm going to go play professionally in Israel. And that has started this chain of, I know Dion Thomas had a tremendous career in, in Israel. Yes. Were you instrumental in bringing him over there? Well, I'll tell you, uh, after I went to Israel and had the experience up to today, I'm 50, I only went for one year, but I was already, I'm 52 years in Israel, taking out two years that I served in the United States Army from 68 to 70. And it's unbelievable. Ron Dunlap was the first, he's 6'11", he played with the University of Illinois. D. Brown played with us. Um, uh, Brendo, uh, uh, Brian, Randall, Brian Randall. Brian Randall had mm-hmm. uh, played a couple years with us. And, uh, of course, Dion Thomas. We uh, won our fourth European basketball championship. You know, from, for me, it's been a tremendous journey. Uh, we had Anthony Parker from Chicago also played with us. And uh, Jeremy Far- Fargo from Chicago. He's playing with us now. He just got injured, but he's been playing with, uh, with us. But we have a lot of... Illinois guys, we had a lot of Big Ten. Massio Bastian from the Big Ten played with us. But Tell me how you converted your involvement with basketball as a national citizen of Israel. Well, uh, first of all, I, I was always so appreciative of the University of Illinois because when uh, Harry Combs that was coaching and uh, Howie Braun and Jim Wright, they told us at the end of the season we have to go out and to speak at sports banquets Mm -hmm. and that was scary for young guys to go out you know it's easier to play basketball it's easier to play sport but to say go out and speak not perform but speak to 500 people and talk about how those athletes they're getting awards could become better athletes and that experience of learning going out and to speaking before people set the stage for many of us in our lives with the position that i have but I'm going around the world as an ambassador of goodwill and speaking on the university campuses, speaking to a, a, a variety of uh, Jewish groups, Christian groups, African-American groups, Hispanic groups, in churches, in synagogues. I mean, it's not something which I'm scared of because it's something which I got used to at the University of Illinois that the coaches put us out there in front of a crowd to speak, not only to play. And that helped me all through my career, which up to today, which I have that position. And by the way, the movie uh, not only is in the United States, in the film festivals, but in Brazil. It was in Brazil, and uh, they translated into Portuguese in South America. They're going to translate it into Spain in Hong Kong. Well, they know English, so it was in English. But in China, it's going to be into Mandarin because it's a special movie. It's something... Not only it's a basketball story, but it's, it's a beautiful story to see Israel in a light. When you look on the television today, you don't see what Israel is. 
That's not Israel, what you see. You see Hezbollah, you see Hamas, you see Iran, you see what's going on in Syria, but you don't see what life is in Israel. We just had the highest month for tourism. It's unbelievable. Really? It was a record-breaking month, over three and a half million tourists this year coming to Israel. When they say on the television what's happening in the Middle East, they say, well, we're scared to go there, but you're not scared. In fact, Robert Kraft with the NFL legends, I greet him every year that he's bringing another group of Hall of Famers, Joe Montana, Roger Staubach. Uh, uh, Jim Brown, unbelievable. Well, I remember these guys when you know, they were my heroes. Jim Brown, unbelievable <laughs> with the Cleveland Browns. How how is the basketball now in in Israel? The league is um, the league has grown and is unbelievable. For me, it's been a tremendous journey to see how the basketball. When I came from the University of Illinois, my first games in Israel, we got rained out. <laughs> how can you get rained <laughs> outdoors? out? Yeah, outdoors. And then you go to a kibbutz, like it's like a farm. And uh, you have to play in a sandstorm, or you go up to Jerusalem in the winter. It's freezing. It's outdoors, and we and, and we had to play basketball outdoors in the, in in the winter. And but today the gymnasium, eleven thousand in Tel Aviv, eleven thousand in Jerusalem. Amir Stoudemire's with the Jerusalem. Uh, he went. He came back. He played after he was injured in the NBA, and he wanted to retire. And he bought a little bit of the team in Jerusalem because he wants to live in Jerusalem. And he came back right now to continue with the team. And uh, so the league, it's been an unbelievable journey from a team, Maccabi Tel Aviv, that never got past the first round of the European Championship, going in 1977, picking up that European Cup. It was like picking up the nation of Israel. It was unbelievable. But that was in 77, 81. We won for the second time in Strasbourg in France. The third time was in Paris. We beat the Russian team. We beat the good Spanish team. The fourth time with Dion Thomas in Tel Aviv and then Anthony Parker. Uh, three championships we had with him. Uh, the fifth time was in Tel Aviv. The sixth time was a couple years ago. Uh, David Blatt, before he, w- he went to the Cleveland uh, Cavs to coach. I mean, uh, we beat the Russians uh, by 12, uh, in overtime by one point, and uh, Real Madrid of Spain by 12 points. And so what, six times. At what time, though, did you cease to become just a basketball savant? When did you become more than that? Well, uh, after After I, 77? Uh, after 77, I felt that I really got the most of, of what I received out of basketball, and I wanted to leave the game and retire. Were you coaching it, at that time? No, I was you playing. You were just playing. I was playing, yeah. but I wanted to retire with the love of basketball. I didn't want to retire... You know, as a guy that's saying, you know, he should leave the court, he, you know, why is he still playing? And, and <laughs> so after we won the European Championship, I felt that it's time to go over and to do other things, to be like an entrepreneur and to start programs for youth. I built a basketball school for 1,100 uh, boys and girls from 5 to 18 in the city of Herzliya that still... Uh, holds that amount of kids. Even when uh, Saddam Hussein was shooting uh, missiles onto Israel, these kids were coming with gas masks to play basketball, uh, girls and kids from five years old. So we, we have a very good league today. Uh, as I said, six times winning the European Championship, one time the Interna- Intercontinental Cup, 
And for me, that we could come into the States and have 18,600 people in Madison Square Garden cheering for us against the New York Knicks and to play when LeBron James came back to Cleveland, his first game was against our team, Maccabi Tel Aviv, and to play the Lakers and, you know, to come into the States and be on the same floor and knowing that, you know, this kid that graduated the University of Illinois is part of this history then the top of it, when they invited me to the James Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, and they honored our basketball team as the first team outside of the United States that was honored and granted an exhibition in the James Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, really? Massachusetts. And I cut the ribbon. And that for me was, yes, I took on that challenge. Okay, I gave up the a career in the NBA and... Of course, at the NBA All-Star Weekends, when I go every year, last year was in Los Angeles, this year was in Charlotte, so all our guys were all over 70, so they forget they ask me the same question every year. They say, Tal, look, today, as 12th in the draft, you're going to get 3 to $4 million Couldn't a year. Couldn't do it today. <laughs> Two years, no cut, and then it's gonna, if you're good, it's going to open up. Will you still make that same decision and go to Israel? And I tell them every year the same thing. I said, look, if I didn't know, what I'm going to be experiencing those 52 beautiful years in Israel. Of course, I'm not crazy. I'll take the money. You know, what, three, four million dollars a year you give up so easily? But if you ask me that I would, knowing that I would have to give up those 52 beautiful years, no, I would still take that same course. Tal Brody. Road. Tal Brody is with us. He is an Illini legend, played in the mid-60s, and um, then became an Israeli basketball legend as, as well. Now, this uh, the movie on the map, uh, and in the trailer, you heard the voices of David Stern, Bill Walton. What's their, uh, where do they interact with all this, intersect with the story? It's a good question. Billy Walton <coughs> was a senior coming, uh, graduating San Diego High School. And in the World Championships in 1970, you weren't allowed to have NBA ball players there. So seven of us were chosen from the All-Army and the All-Armed Forces basketball team that won the AAU championships to represent the USA. And the coaches picked up Billy Walton, and Billy and I roomed together in the World Championships. So when Luke, his son, got the job with the Lakers, I sent Billy an email and I said, congratulations, Bill. You know, Luke is going to continue the tradition. So Luke sends me an email to Israel and he says, Tal, thank you very much for saving my dad's career. Because <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to give up basketball. In his, in his fourth chapter in his book, he even mentions it. Now, David Stern, he's always been a great supporter of giving our basketball team the right to play against the NBA teams for many years. He's been a great supporter of Israeli basketball, and he's been to Israel several times with a big delegation from the NBA because uh, there's not a tournament that if Maccabi Tel Aviv is not in there, we draw the largest budget from any TV station, and we're a big part of the EuroLeague. And if the NBA decides uh, that they're going to go and make a European division, for sure Maccabi Tel Aviv of Israel will be one of the teams, if not the first team, mm. that they would choose to be in the European division, six teams from Europe to play in the NBA. 
as I said, 66 ball players from Europe you have today. And 25% of the NBA is a ball player, about 106. Not many short ones like yourself. No. <laughs> today the guards are 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. That's right. <laughs> now, are you keeping an eye on the college game? Do you keep an eye on the, the Illini with all that you're going on? Well, I'll tell you, if, if for us to watch college games and even the NBA ball games, I got to get up at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> really? You know? But you have the internet, so I see the scores. You know, yeah. it's tough to watch the games during the Final Four or the, during the NBA playoffs. Yes, because uh, okay, you wake up uh, or you, you uh, tape the game or whatnot. But it's difficult to watch it live. Do you enjoy the time difference? Do you enjoy the direction of uh, basketball in the United States has gone with the style of play, with the spread, and you know very three point shot. Right? You didn't have the three point shot. No, we didn't have the three point shot, and you're only and you're only able to dribble up and down. You weren't able to carry the ball like there's such a big advantage, you know. Yeah. But I love the because it became a game of guards. You know, uh, every team that tries to copy Golden State finds out that they don't have the shooting ability of Golden State. You got some guards. Outside. You'll see some <laughs> guards on there. Thursday. Yes. No, no, he's got three good ones. Well, okay, maybe you'll see them in the future in Israel. Well, <laughs> they're good. They're they're high quality. Yeah. I'll, I'll be at the game. I'm going to watch them. <laughs> what else is on your iTunes? Are we be talking to the team at all, or meeting them at I'll all? I'll be meeting the team. I'm going to watch also the girls' basketball team. It's going to be that's very tomorrow early. night, isn't it? That's tomorrow morning, eleven a.m. Yeah, yeah, 11, eleven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. We have very good WNBA. Uh, not play. Many of the women, the girls from the WNBA, come to Israel to play in their off season. You know, and uh, we, our girls are improving, but our girls are short, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tal, really appreciate you coming by. And I got to tell you, uh, you know, honestly, most of our guests, we have to, uh, you know, you know, they, they, they talk a little bit more than you. I, I haven't, I'm not used to drawing you out so much, but I understand you've been flying for 21 hours. So uh, I hope you get some rest. This is really neat. Again, on the map uh, at the Colonnades Club Memorial Stadium, free screening, 530 tomorrow night. Q&A with Tal after that from 7 to 8. You also see you at the women's game tomorrow at 11. Exactly. And the men's yes. game Thursday night at 7 o'clock. And are you staying after that or on to other places in the U.S.? I'll or? be staying another couple of days after that and uh, on the campus. I'll be meeting the Chabad organization, Rabbi Teichtelsch, that's hosting me. And uh, I have a nice program I'm meeting some of the staff of the university and yeah. going around and seeing what's new. Oh, wow. Well, it's great to have you here. And uh, we feel honored this is one of your first stops here with us uh, when you get back to campus. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. We're back in a moment to wrap it up on Sports Talk.